Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. I just believe that this whole time has been something that God is using for all of us to grow in our faith, to grow in our connection, to grow in our uh, influence with people around uh, our communities. There's all kinds of opportunities. So I just want to encourage you. God is doing some pretty amazing things while we're scattered with purpose. We've talked about embracing our hope, making sure that we embrace that thing that is is first and foremost in our lives, and that is a hope that Jesus Christ has saved us, has forgiven us of our sin, has enabled us to have a promise of eternal life, which is our hope, our eternal relationship with Him. We've encouraged everyone scattered with purpose to be different, to be the difference, to have an effect in our lives, to live differently. Why would people want to be attracted to Jesus if there was no benefit or obvious benefit? We have hope, we have joy, we have peace, we have all these things in the midst of being scattered. Honor and respect our leaders as uh, to reveal Jesus. When we honor and respect, when we do the things that we're supposed to do to respect our leaders, we allow Jesus to become real in, in their lives as well as our lives. Live like crazy. If you love Jesus uh, like crazy, then we should live like crazy. We should live like crazy people when we are not just, you know, I'm not talking literally crazy. I'm talking about just doing everything we can to promote Jesus to this world. And so we live like crazy. And last week we talked about having winning attitudes. Winning attitudes that allow us to uh, experience the win instead of the loss. And I believe that's a, a powerful message that we've heard. Well, let me ask you this question. Who are the influencers in your life? Who are the, the voices in your head when you are um, thinking about making a big decision? When you're doing a task or you're doing something that uh, is, is going on in your life and you're like, who, what voices do you hear? Is it your parents' voice? Is it your dad's voice, your mom's voice, your grandparents' voice? Is it your pastor's voice? Is it um, some uh, self-help person that you listen to uh, on a podcast? Who, who's that voice in your head? Who are the people that help you through different events, especially things like this? When uh, we're scattered like we are, when we're experiencing this, who, what voice are you hearing? Who are the people that influence you during this time? I know that there's a lot of people right now listening to a lot of different voices that you wouldn't normally listen to because you're, you're, you're watching everything on the internet or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of different voices. Who, how do you discern which voices are good, which are bad? Who are the ones that advise you or mentor you? Do you have a personal uh, mentor in your life? Do you have someone that's just speaking into your life that uh, when you're going through stuff, you call up and you go, hey, what's, what's up? I'm going through this. Can you give me some advice? Can you hear? Or, or maybe just a listener. These are people that we need in our lives. And today's message is simply this. It's this idea of being an elder, being someone who is uh, able and willing to talk and, and share your wisdom with others. To share your wisdom with others. And Peter, in 1 Peter 5, does this with us. He does this as he's speaking to the scattered group of people. These people have been persecuted, that have been beaten up, that have been challenged in their faith, that are going through incredible things that, that are hard to understand, hard to believe. 
And he starts with this advice. And one of the unique things that Peter's doing right now is he's going through this kind of reminiscing of this last, one of the last conversations he had with Jesus when Jesus was reinstating him. One of the things I love about Peter is that he's the perfect example of when we mess up, when we uh, make mistakes, when we uh, really, really go over the edge and sin, it's not the end of our lives. It's not the end of our callings. It's not the end of, of, of what has happened in, in our lives or, or, or even what God wants to happen in our lives. Yeah, we'll make mistakes. Yeah, we'll, we'll mess up. But Jesus restores. And so Peter is reminiscing this conversation that he had with Jesus when Jesus said, you're going to be the rock of the church. He says, you're going to be the the the, the one who feeds the sheep. And you know, that'll make sense in just a moment. You're the one who is going to lead the church. And he ends up becoming the guy that preaches the first sermon of the launching of the church after the Holy Spirit comes, to this, uh, comes into their hearts. And he preaches this sermon and 3,000 people get saved. Amazing, amazing. And so there's some really cool things that can happen uh, when we understand that we need this, this person who's the elder, the sage, if you will. This sage, that if you don't know what a sage is, it's a wise person who uh, is, is the guy that you go to or the, the gal that you go to that is, uh, has lived a, a, probably a lot of life, has gained a lot of wisdom and insight, has given a lot of thought to what life really means. And this sage is talking to this younger group of people this persecuted group of, of people. It's the teacher to the student. It's the mentor to the protege. That's what Peter is doing right now. He's, he's talking to us. He's kind of wrapping up this first Peter book. And he's saying, let me just share some thoughts with you. And he says this first thing in 1 Peter 5, verse 1. He says, be a leader. He says, be a leader, be a shepherd. Listen to this passage. He says, to the elders among you, I appeal as, fellow el as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. He, he calls himself an elder. Now, not, not many of us want to be elders because we don't want to admit that we're getting older. I'm 59 years old and I love aging. I don't like what it does to my body, but I love what it's done to my head. I've loved what it's done to help me understand life a little better, help me to understand the experiences that I, I have gone through and that I can share with others. My passion, my goal right now as, a, as, a, as an elder is to pass on to this next generation a passion for Jesus, a passion for his mission, an unrelentless, unashamed willingness to do whatever it takes to show God that we love him and that we love his people and that we'll do anything to help people find Jesus. That's what, that's, that, that's what I desire as an elder is to pass on to the, to the Rons of the life, to the Joshes of the life, to the people in my life that are younger, to, to help them understand that Jesus is worth doing anything and everything for so that we can accomplish something great. I'm excited about that. So he says to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. He understands that he is going to heaven and he's going, his next step is into glory. So why not hand everything off to the next generation? And then he says in verse two, he says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care watching over them, not because you must, 
but because you are willing. Wow, that's a big statement right there all by itself. If, if you're going to be an elder, you got to be willing to be one. You can't be forced or arm twisted or you got to be willing to be an elder as God wants you to be. He wants us to take our experience. He wants us to take our understanding of who he is and the, 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 the experience that we've gained and, and move forward with him. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. It was common in those days. If you had any authority, you'd use it for your own benefit. That's not what God's talking about here. He's not talking about that. He says, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. I'll talk about that in, my, in a minute. Not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Oh, I love that. Imagine yourself with a crown on your head. That's not just for pride's sake. That's for honor. That's for the gift of giving everything you've got to make a difference in our world. Now, these elders need to be willing. Here's what we're, we need to be willing to do. We need to be willing to be shepherds. We need to be willing to be uh, shepherds are caretakers. They take care of the flock that they're given. And dads, moms, uh, you are given a responsibility to take care of your flock. And this also refers to the flock of the church. This is my responsibility as a pastor and other pastors that we have here. That our responsibility is to take care of the flock. We're leaders who do what's best for the flock. We protectors from the enemy. Excuse me. We lead from the bottom, not the top. This, this talks about servanthood. And I think servanthood is critical. Critical. And it says this. It says, be be." be but being examples of the, uh, to the flock. It says we are to be examples to the flock. I hope and pray that I live a life that's worth watching. Are you, are you living a life, mom, dad, sage, grandma, grandpa? Are you living a life worth watching? Are your kids watching you? I guarantee you they are. And they're making decisions going, I'm going to follow that, but I'm not going to follow that. Listen, if you don't be the example somebody else will be. That's a massive challenge, isn't it? That's a scary thought considering all the influences that are out in this world today. And I want to encourage you, let's, let's you and me be the examples that are worth watching, that are worth watching. I love this statement. It says, it is being an example that the shepherd solves the tension between being among the sheep and over the sheep. You see, we can be dictators, we can be over the sheep and we can say, sheep, this is what you're going to do. Sheep, this is where you're going to go. This is this and, and, and push them all there. That's what a dictator does. Or we can get out in front and be an example and do what sheep do. We'll do the best things that sheep are supposed to do. And we can be that leader. We can be that influence. We can be that shepherd that leads from the front rather than from the back. I, I, I like to... to call leadership that we lead from the bottom up rather than from the top down. I love this other statement that says the, the church needs leaders who serve and servants who lead. This is the very nature of the kind of, of service that Christ brought to our lives. Christ said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He said, I came to serve. 
That's what we are all about. That's what we are all about as leaders, as shepherds, is we come to serve. And that really takes down all of the pretense of authority, of all those kings. If you're serving well, you'll, you'll be respected when you, when you give guidance and direction and authority. But if you're not serving, if people don't feel you're sincere, then that, it's easy to challenge, isn't it? And so God is calling us to be a leader, an elder, an influencer of those around us, people that are willing to do whatever it takes to be an example of what faith in Christ looks like. We're, we're willing to do whatever it takes to, to follow after Christ. The best leader is the best follower. The one who is willing to know how to follow Jesus and then say, let's go. Let's fo follow me as I follow Christ. So I want to encourage you today. Paul the sage, or Peter the sage, is saying to us today, he's saying, be a leader. Be a shepherd. Be an example. Go and lead the flock into the direction that we need to be. Let's be influencers. Let's be elders who are willing to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. Secondly, Peter says, to, as a sage to us young people, he says, be humble. In verse 5, he says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Oh, that word submit just freaks people out. It's not a popular word to, in today's uh, uh, vernacular. It's not a popular word to, to understand that we need to give ourselves, put ourselves under the leadership of the elders. And he says this, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. I love this statement because it really balances out everything that Jesus, uh, that Peter's talking about right here. He's saying simply this, that if we don't understand humility, we can't effectively expect someone to submit to our leadership. If we don't have humility, then we are, are, are proud. We're, we're going to be authoritative. We're going to be kind of come from the positional side of leadership rather than the relational side of leadership. And we're going to end up pushing people and, 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 and in a proud sense rather than loving people in a relational sense. This says to younger people, respect your leaders. Submit yourselves to your elders. Put yourselves under them. And when you do that young person, whoever you are that you're watching right now, and I know this is challenging language, especially in today's culture, but here's the, here's the advantage, is that there is favor that comes to your life when you're willing to come under leadership, come under and, and be influenced. This isn't about controlling you, this is about influencing you. And it's about allowing you to learn how to live life at your fullest. It's about allowing you to live life at the best that it can possibly be. And I can tell you, for most elders, most people who are sages, who have this wisdom, only want the best for you. Only want the best for you. Stay away from those that are, have only want the best for themselves. That's not healthy. That's not a good mentor. But when they want the best for you, you're going to gain. You're going to gain. Humility is the first step. Here's what I love about this statement. Listen to the statement. Humility is the first step to making a generational church work. A multi-generational church work. That means the only way to have multiple generations in a church is to have mutual respect. 
And when humility exists, then we can submit to each other. And I love what this says. All of you, all of you, this isn't talking about just the young person. This is talking about the sage. This is talking about the young person. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor, favor to the humble. Here's how much he, he hates pride. Listen to Proverbs 8.13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. God hates pride. There's no room for it. We have to submit to each other. When we do that in humility, we see God move in a very powerful way and he favors us. He blesses us. You want to be blessed in your life? Come under leadership. And elders, lead. And all of those things will come together and uh, we'll experience a great, uh, a great uh, relationship so that we can have a multi-generational church, a multi-generational place where everybody's gaining from everybody. I read a book a long time ago called Reverse Mentorship. I love this book because it challenges us who've lived a lot of life, who have a lot of experience, not to go, hey, I know everything. We have a lot to learn from younger people. We have a lot to learn from those, and so we can be reverse mentored as well. And I think that only comes about when we're humble. And so be humble. Be a leader, be a shepherd, be humble. <clears throat> and, and then it says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And I love verse seven, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is another humble lesson. This is another humility lesson. The only time that we ever are willing to cast our cares on Jesus is when we realize that we can't take care of those cares on our own. Is that true? And it really takes a humble statement to say, God, I need help. God, I'm feeling anxious about things. I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling the strain, the stress. Can you imagine these persecuted people, these people that are seeing their friends and their families uh, hung on stakes and burned at a, at a stake, persecuted for just loving Jesus? Can you imagine the anxiety they feel, the, the, the pain? They can't, there's no room for pride in that. It's time to say, Jesus, here's all my concerns. Here's all my cares. And, and Peter is encouraging. He's, he's, he's the sage that says, here I am. I, I need help. I need, I need you, Jesus, to take my cares. I need you to take my anxieties. I need you to, to, to help me through this process of worry and concern and frustration. And when we do, when we lay it all at Jesus' feet, we can have a peace that passes understanding. We can have this, this, this peace that happens in our lives. Elders, influencers, sage, if you're listening, understand that the, the younger generation is looking at us and, and, and wondering, are you freaking out like everybody else? Or are you, do you have a peace that passes understanding? Have you learned to cast your cares on Jesus? And if you have, then that younger generation is gonna learn to do the same instead of trying to control, instead of trying to have everything in their hands and, and making sure that they're in control and that they have everything together, and that they have all the answers. Uh, it, trust me, it won't work. And if we passed worry on to the next generation, how much more are they gonna the, feel that anxiety about life? So we have to be humble. We have to cast our cares on the Lord. We have to submit ourselves to those above us. 
I'm blessed to have so many mentors in my life. I have so many good people that speak positively into my life and, and share how, how to be a good dad, how to be a good husband, how to be a good pastor, how to, how to be a good leader. And if it, it, there's no great person that doesn't have good influences. So I want to encourage you, be humble enough to say, I'm ready to come under somebody and, and hear their heart, hear their advice, and embrace their thoughts. Not only will we be a leader, not only will we be humble, but we need to be watchful. Be watchful. Verse 8 says, be alert and so of sober mind. That just simply means be aware of what's going on and have a right mind. Don't do anything to your mind that, that messes you up. Sober is a good word because that means just don't medicate the mind so that it's no longer capable of seeing life as it truly is. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That word devour simply means to swallow up. Somebody wants to swallow you up. So it, I, I was imagining when I was studying this that kind of the slurping up of a spaghetti uh, string. You know, the, the devil just wants to go and take you in and ruin you. He's evil. He's dark. He's mean. He has no concern for your life. The Bible, the Bible says here in, in, in the sage, Peter is telling us, resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Everybody goes through this. The devil wants to destroy everybody. You're not the only one. Just because you feel the devil's after you doesn't make an excuse to, to act differently than what Jesus wants for our lives. He experienced every temptation, the Bible says, that we experience. Yet he was without sin. That's hard. That's hard. But we have to have a sober mind, a right mind, so that we can resist him, so that we can stand firm in the faith. Peter knew what it was like to fall. Here's where he's going through this memory thing, when his conversation with Jesus. He was remembering that Jesus said, hey, Peter, today you're going to deny me three times. No way, Jesus. I'll never do that. I'll never do that. And yet Peter denied Christ three times. He knows what it's like to feel guilty. He knows what it's like to feel shame. He knows what it's like, most importantly, to feel restored. He knows what it's like, most importantly, to be restored. And when, when, when we are able to grasp that, and when we're able to grasp this wisdom of being watchful, aware that the enemy is out to get us, then we can do everything we can to fight that. But when we're oblivious, when we're just living by our instincts and our natural uh, um, uh, ways of life, then we don't become aware. So be aware that the enemy wants to do everything to steal, kill, and destroy from you. He wants to take your life and he wants to destroy it. And no matter what he tells you, it's deception. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. And there is no good in him. And so what he tells you is going to destroy you. No matter how good it sounds, no matter how logical it sounds, no matter how pleasing it may sound, he's out to destroy. He's out to separate you and to, to, to make us, uh, to, to, his enemy is God. And you don't want to be on his side because he loses. And by the way, the next time he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Be watchful. And lastly, be hopeful. 
You know, Peter's made this uh, thought aware to us each time I've, I've spoken this message about being scattered. Each time we come back to this idea of embrace our hope. That was the very first message in this whole series. And again, he's telling us, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, we, that everything is temporary in comparison to the eternal glory that we're going to experience. After you have suffered a little while, it's temporary, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Yeah, you may be getting weary of the battles you're facing. You may be getting tired of the things that you're doing. You may be struggling with the things that you're going through and you're feeling weak and, and, and maybe your, your muscles are tired, but don't give up. Don't give up. The sage is saying to us, the wise man is saying, don't give up because there is hope. There is hope. And he says in the very last statement, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This word of praise that goes out and says, God is all powerful. God is amazing. And we can put our faith and trust in him. We can have every confidence in him. We have the grace of God. We have the hope of eternal life. We know he's going to restore our strength. And we have every reason to praise our God. Be a leader. Be a leader. Be humble. Be watchful and be helpful. And when we do that, we're going to experience great life. We're going to experience great things in this world. Who's the voice in your head? Who's the influence in your heart? You know, I was, I was uh, doing some construction around here in the church this week and um, swinging a hammer. And as I grabbed the hammer, I remember my dad's voice. My dad and I didn't get along real well. But there were some things that he taught me as I was growing up that have never left my head. I grabbed the hammer in the middle of the hammer and I remembered my dad's voice saying, Son, grab the end of the hammer. Grab the end of that handle and, and swing it because that's what's going to give you the most power and that's how people should hammer with a hammer. I remember... Every time I wash a car, I try and do that as little as possible, to be really honest. And every time I wash a car, he says, he would say, he would say always start at the top. Start at the top of the car. I tend to wash the lower parts because I was a little smaller. But he said, start at the top and work your way down. That way the soap doesn't dry on the top. I'm like, okay. I remember using a handsaw and I would do these little short little uh, saw, saw strokes like this and he'd say, son, use the full length of the saw. You're going to get most out of that and you won't get as tired. I remember all those things and today I'm grateful for that. Today I'm super grateful for what I learned from my dad, even though we didn't get along real well, even though there were some really challenging moments, I'm, I'm very grateful for the voice in my head that helps me do things right. And I think it's very valuable for all of us who are elders, for all of us who have a different perspective of, of how life should be. And, and, and we've gone through the experience and, and hopefully, elders, you have the, the word of God in your heart so deep, so strong, so powerful that you have something to share. 
And I encourage you today, let's leave our mark. Elders, let's leave our mark on the younger generation. Younger generation, come under, please, so that we can share this experience with you. But we need you too. We need to understand. We need to hear your voice. We need to know how this all works in, in your context so that we can give you the wisdom that makes sense so that we can, let's, let's work together to build a great church, to have a great influence, to change this world. And as we do, we're going to do great things for God. The sage says, be a shepherd, a leader. Follow the leader with your whole life. And, and, and if you don't have one, find one. It says, be humble. Do life together. Let's be willing to cast our cares on, on God. And to be humble enough to come under and, and, and support each other. Be watchful. Don't give in to the enemy. And be hopeful. Don't give in. Don't give up. Let's win. Because we will win with God. I hope today that what you'll embrace in your life and your heart is most importantly that Jesus is our best leader. And if we will embrace him, we will have principles for life that will always, always work. Find somebody that can influence your heart towards Jesus. And when you do, you'll grow and you'll experience the best of who God is and what he wants to bring to your life. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the voice in our head that says, follow Jesus. The voice that says, give yourself to him because he's the one that will lead us in the right direction. He's the one that will give us hope. He's the one that will give us strength. He's the one that if we're humble enough to admit that we need him, he will always be there. He won't oppose us. He will bless us. God, help us embrace the idea that we need to be uh, humble and always willing to open our hearts to the wisdom of others that have more wisdom than us. And most importantly, help us to cast our cares on him. Help us to be watchful. Help us not to give ourselves to the enemy and his deception and his desire to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. Help us, God, that we'll never be devoured by the enemy, but that we will stand against him, stand firm, and resist him. The Bible says if we resist him, he will flee. And help us to be hopeful. God, help us to embrace the, the idea that nothing is, is, is forever. Everything here on this earth is temporary compared to what we'll experience with you in eternity. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're kicking the tires of faith. Maybe you've been clicking through different messages and, and, and different places on, online. But no matter where you are, no matter what you're experiencing, if you have yet to experience Jesus in your life, I want to give you the opportunity right now to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Because he is your hope. He is the only one that can make a true difference in your life. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you. All you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I need forgiveness. I've made mistakes. I need that forgiveness. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead and that today you live forever in heaven. And I expect to go, go there with you. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. If you say that prayer, which I'm going to pray with you in just a moment, you can have eternal life. You can have all your sins forgiven. You can have the hope of eternal life like we've talked about today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. 
Forgive me of all the mistakes I've made. Forgive me of the things that have separated me from you. And I receive that forgiveness. And I believe that you were raised from the dead three days after you died. And I accept the fact that I will spend eternity with you. And I now belong to a family, the family of God, who will spend eternity with you. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I commit to humble myself and follow the wisdom of leaders who know Jesus and will follow after you with them for the rest of my life. And I commit to serve you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I pray today that if you made that choice, if you made that, prayed that prayer for the very first time, that you'll let us know. That you'll let us know online. You'll click on a connect, connect card and give us as much information as you can so that we can help you grow in your faith. But most importantly, God bless you for making that decision. And for the rest of us today, let's commit to be elders, to be influencers, to make our mark on this world so that we can influence the next generation to live for God with everything in, in their lives, with everything in their hearts. And let's be examples. Let's be leaders. Let's be people that will make a difference in the lives of the next generation. God bless you. Happy Father's Day to all of you dads. And I expect to see you hopefully next week as we continue to gather together online. God bless you guys. I love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.